Welcome to the Waking Up to Money podcast. So this podcast used to be called the Happy Pricing Podcast, but um, since we've restarted it, uh, myself and Ben, we thought, ah, oh, Waking Up to Money, uh, because of its double meaning. Uh, we record these uh, podcasts uh, at 10.15 a.m. UK time <laughs> every Wednesday. And uh, so you're waking up at that time, I think. Well, hopefully you've woken up already. But it's also about waking up to the idea of how you your relationship to money and your relationship, therefore, to pricing and how you can do that more powerfully. These podcasts are recorded live and a lot of the time with live guests asking their questions. And so I hope there'll be a resource for you trying to work out what it means to price more powerfully and confidently and to stop getting in your own way of making the money you want to make in your business. Enjoy. Good. Hello. Um, we are now on Crowdcast. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. So this is uh, a series, of, well, second in, a, in a, a series of live webinars that I'm doing with Ben Johnson here, uh, talking about the Happy Pricing Manifesto uh, and sort of picking on a couple of points each day from that manifesto to kind of share what's behind it in, in an effort to hopefully help you. Uh, with your pricing uh, in whatever business you're running, whether that's a, your, your service business or your product-based business. Um, but before we kick off, um, hi, Ben, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Carlos. Uh, good to be on this new platform. <laughs> a new platform. Talk about, uh, was it, Agile. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow yeah. we'll do it in person in someone's garden before we're not exactly. out anymore. <laughs> We're going to try every well, definitely before lockdown. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Um, yes, we we did this on LinkedIn Live yesterday, uh, which was fun and interesting. But the the interesting thing about LinkedIn Lives, if you ever think about doing something like that, is if you run it as an event, uh, it's hard to know where to find the live or to kind of book yourself ahead of time. Uh, and also, unless you're on LinkedIn at the time. Um, yeah, you, you got to be able to find the link as it appears in notifications. So not the easiest way to get people on board uh, in advance. So that's why we're using Crowdcast as a platform that we're very familiar with. And so it's good to see you all join us today. Um, it would be, uh, you know, we want this to make, make this interactive as well as us talking about the Happy Pricing Manifesto. And if, you, if you're not aware of the manifesto, if there's something you just discovered or maybe you just jumped onto this Crowdcast because you're already following us on Crowdcast, I encourage you to click on, there's a link here called pre-register for the Happy Pricing course. It will take, actually, if you go to, I'm going to put the link here now, actually. It would be easier for you to pricing.co. Go to that link and you'll be able to download the manifesto if you haven't done already. Don't do that quite yet because we're going to show you what it looks like in a bit. And we're going to talk to two points on that manifesto. Like I said, this is um, a series of videos that we're doing that we're, there's 10 points on the manifesto. We're trying to go through two points each day uh, so that we can dive in a bit deeper and then hopefully relate it to any of your situations uh, out there who, who, who's watching at the moment. The title of today is Making more profit by saying no. And we're going to talk a bit more about that. Uh, and it's based on two points of the manifesto. And I'm going to share with that with you on screen now so you can see what that looks like. 
here. This is the manifesto coming up right now. I hope you can see. Boom. Right. So um, yesterday we talked about time not equaling money. And also you are worth more than you think. And we have a recording of that webinar on the website. And I'll share a link uh, to that uh, further on uh, later on in uh, today's webinar. Uh, and today we're going to be thinking about points three and four, which is say no more. Say no. <laughs> say, no say no more. Stop it, Carlos. Say no more than you say yes. And uh, profit is not a dirty word. So I'm going to get rid of that now. And like I said, if you have any questions or need some clarification and you're watching this, please post it uh, in the chat or you can use the ask a question feature on Crowdcast. It would really, uh, be really nice to be able to uh, get some questions and, and uh, or know that what we're saying actually is landing and making sense. And also in the meantime, it'd be also good to just say hi in the chat. Um, also say where you are at the moment. Are you, uh, are you at work? Are you at home? Uh, are you out and about just listening to us as you're going for a lovely walk? And if you're in Brighton, hopefully avoiding the, uh, the rain and enjoying the sun. There's a bit of sun out here at the moment. But uh, enough with the preamble and the filler. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the manifesto. So let's kick off, Ben. Say no more than you say yes. What does that mean? <clears throat> That's a good question. What does that mean? Uh, I guess it means a few different things. Um, on kind of one quite sort of basic level, um, kind of no from early and kind of routinely failed uh, dating days, being overly keen is not a good attractor. Uh, and so I guess part of what we're talking about here is something in that, you know, it really does help, of course, with kind of clients and prospects and partners, uh, whatever it might be, that actually, uh, you know, just leaving a little bit, a little bit in reserve, not sort of over, not overwilling, not being over keen is a really important thing. I know that from kind of my own experience in the playground and in the in the workground. Actually, you know, kind of early on in, in kind of work, a lot of what we did was really about, you know, inadvertently we were kind of begging for work. So keen. And of course, you need, you know, you need the work, you need the projects, you want the projects, you're enthusiastic. And actually, so being really, really keen actually can kind of create a little bit of resistance on the other side of the table. So I guess in some respects, they're kind of saying no more than you say yes, talks a little bit to that. Uh, but I think more specifically, what we, within the context of the, the the pricing manifesto, a key part of what we're talking about, and you know, clearly I know some of you guys on here will know this really well, uh, Alan in particular, you know, really where kind of value comes from is expertise. Uh, and a lot of what we're sort of talking about, you know, where does expertise come from? Expertise comes from kind of practicing those things over and over and over again, getting better and better at solving those kinds of client problems, those kind of customer problems over and over and over again. And you'll remember we spoke about um, in, in yesterday's call that, you know, clients in some respects, customers really buying only one of two things. And this is true sort of irrespective of what you're selling. They're buying good feelings and they're buying solutions. Uh, and your ability to kind of meet and deliver those really is, is a very large part to do with your, your expertise and of course your understanding of what those things are. And you know, so expertise, like I said, comes from doing those, solving those problems over and over and over again. And of course, the way you get better at doing that is by kind of refining it. So saying no to the things 
no to the projects, no to the opportunities, which actually kind of, you know, the kind of the puppy dog mentality might kind of draw you to think I've got to do this, I've got to do this. But actually starting to say yes to that sweet spot of things that you really are confident about and you do really well means that you will get better and better and better at those things. And so conversely saying no to the things which sit just outside means that you're getting ever more refined, ever clearer about where your kind of sweet spot of expertise is. And the thing that sits at the heart of this is to kind of confidently own that sweet spot and confidently know you exist in that sweet spot. And the more you know you kind of you kind of push that, the more it will it will flower, it will develop. And I guess the, the final thing on this, and actually big brands fail at this all of the time, but we don't need to be constrained by that. You know, it is important. It's really useful to have something a bit polarizing about your your point of view, about your expertise, about the work that you do. You know, whether you are, have an agency of, of some kind, whether you're a coach, you know, the world doesn't need any more consultants, doesn't need any more coaches, doesn't need any more of almost everything that we do, unfortunately. So actually, there does need to be, it really helps that there's something polarizing in your point of view, that what you do is naturally attracts some people. And then by definition, sort of pushes some people away. And so this idea of kind of saying no more than you say yes, talks to that. It talks to the polarizing idea. That's fair. Yeah, I, it reminds me so many of so many stories around our agency days <clears throat> with myself and Lawrence when we first started out web design agency I could do tech he could do design we knew our skills but we were saying yes to basically every single project that came our way and we had such a diverse range of clients that we we were kind of saying we were proud of because we could have this broad range of clients but it did mean um, we weren't necessarily seen as experts in any specific field and industry so again it was really hard to when we talked to someone we kind of had to like sell ourselves on our skills rather than a specific uh, understanding of their industry or understanding of their needs so we were saying yes to everyone because of just these skills that we had uh, and and because of that we said we could use all sorts of technologies we could we never really became supremely expert in some particular types of technology. We could see some people who go into WordPress or some kind of content management system and they'd have a they would had a really clear message. Well we say we could do creative stuff. We could do all sorts of different things with anything because we love to learn. And that again stopped us with that whole pricing thing in terms of what were we selling there. We were say selling our time in a sense and and not really the things that we were trying the, the outcomes we were trying to bring for people. And only I think when we started narrowing down on working with startups and building digital platforms and, and harnessing that knowledge of creating new things that hadn't been built before and using that process of our technology knowledge to create new products and then focusing on those people and being saying no to all the websites, that we started to actually getting bigger and bigger, um, higher value projects. And I remember one story of actually saying no to a client who wanted us to do a certain piece of work in a certain way and we said no we can't do that and and it was one of our biggest clients at the time it was family beehive i don't know if you remember this lawrence they were facebook for the rich they had three levels <laughs> three tiers of membership uh was it jade uh i said something jade amber and jet jade was uh, basically if you're worth uh two to five million uh amber was five to ten yeah, five to 10 million or five to 100 million and Jet was 100 million and above. 
that was kind of and we said no we couldn't do that extra project that they wanted to get wanted to do they went off to another supplier and about six months later they came back to us and we got it we got to do it in the way we wanted to do it rather than they were telling us to do it so there's a real thing that only through clumsy lessons and doing it the slow stupid way that we learned that we wished we'd known that you know be more clear that actually saying no meant we could be more expertise at something else or being able to say yes to, to more expertise is, is how I learned. how it lands for me. Um, so uh, I'll be interested to hear if you have similar stories, if you've had that experience of uh, being able to say no and that actually being a benefit to you rather than that fear of losing work and how that might push you down a particular angle. Um, I've, we have a question here from... Uh, Kim, actually, I thought maybe we could just uh, dive into before we go to the next point. And it feels like it relates to a question that, well, uh, for some reason, I'm thinking of Alex yesterday. But ultimately, says so she has a dilemma. What if I can, if I want to make a sustainable income and want to price the course or training at the point that properly values the product, but I also want to make the training or course accessible to a diverse range of people? So this is an interesting thing around, uh, as I understand it, it's like I want to charge this much because I think that's how much it's worth, but then all of these other people who need it can't get it. So what does that mean? Hmm. Thoughts, Ben? So um, it's a really good question. Thanks, Kim. And part of the reason it's a really good question is that it talks really very, very directly to a lot of what we're sort of exploring here, really, which is, in, in many respects, you know, what, well, actually, in, in every respect, what something is worth, the value of something is totally subjective. And the judge is the person who's buying it. Now, of course, we spend all of our time thinking about it from, from outside, the producer, the creator, the seller, if you like, and kind of we're, we're sort of wrestling with negotiating with ourselves a little bit and trying to work that out. But it is, it is the, it's the, the important person, of course, is the person on the other side of the table, the person who's buying. And uh, what that kind of tells us in the context of this is it is really helpful and really important, actually, that there are different ways of engaging with the products that you offer. Different, and you know, that then manifests in different prices to engage with the with the products and services that you offer. Because for every person um, who has kind of limited means, limited ability, limited resources to be able to buy the things that you provide, there will be people who have, of course, more resources, more money to buy the things that you buy. And in many respects, it's important for those people to feel like that they are contributing. Uh, and I know, uh, Kim, I'm also involved with a business which sells, um, provides meditation courses. And I, I was talking about this yesterday. We kind of explored a whole range of different sort of ways that we kind of offered those to people from choose your own amount to tiers. And actually the things that we found were things like choosing your own amount was that it created a real challenge for people. They didn't know what to do. But where we kind of sort of settled on is that there is a range. There are a range, you know, three, essentially three price points that basically people were able to buy the courses that we were providing at. And, you know, sort of talking about those in the, in the terms of a kind of benefactor so that there is one which is disproportionately higher because some of those people are keen to make that investment that allows people who don't have the means and the resources to buy at a lower level. And I think that's just a, a kind of very simplistic way of sort of talking to your point there. But I think the, the important thing to kind of take away is that it is, you know, as you're saying, 
it's important to remember that there will be people who want to engage at different levels and that's totally fine and our kind of the art if you like of the producer the creator is being able to understand a little bit about where people kind of fall on that and give them options which talk to the talk to the motivation and talk to the resource which is important to them excellent yeah and this is a story that uh, or a situation that comes up a lot within our community specifically because we have people who are purpose driven not just profit driven um they really appreciate that profits are needed to keep the business going but at the same time they want to broaden the impact and and share that and, and and basically help as many people as possible so while i feel that um some people might feel like pricing and thinking about pricing is a bit dirty and and not a, and then thinking about profit isn't a good thing to do it's a it's a pragmatic thing if you are mission driven as well I mean, we we live in the in a world still driven by uh, money uh, and so being able to to use that to our advantage so that we can create a b bigger impact i think is is supremely important oh we got we got something that's Looks like a book was coming over here, Ben. <laughs> what do we have here? The Buddha, the Buddha's teachings on prosperity. <laughs> See, now you know you're, you're you're listening to someone who's done the research. This isn't just about the get rich quick. This is about the bigging up your impact in a in a pr pragmatic way. And so, on that note of profit, isn't a dirty word. Um, let's go to the next uh, the next point on the manifesto um how have you seen that that idea played out with the people that you talk to ben and uh, what the the just this point around profit not being a yeah. not being a dirty word yeah. yeah i mean i guess it's less about um how in the first instance less about how i've seen it kind of play out with people i think more just you know it, this is such a kind of important thing and i know carlos you were saying there about how important this is to the community and so I know also from conversation I've had where you're speaking to a kind of entrepreneur or somebody in business and their, their motivation is not money. Like I'm not interested in money. It's kind of it, the money's the money's not important. And um, of course, that is kind of partly true. But equally, money is, of course, hugely important because whatever your motivation is, whether your motivation is personal, whether it's professional, whether it's environmental, whether it's social, whether it's about community, whatever it might be, you know, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever your perspective, we live in a world where actually money is hugely important. It's hugely important to your ability to be able to keep providing your service. It's hugely important for you to be able to live and engage with the world. And, and I think the thing that I try and get people to, um, to kind of just want to engage with is, is the idea, of course, that money is important, because it is the kind of the oil, if you like, that allows our our organization wheels to spin, whether our organization is big or whether our organization is just one person. We do need to be engaged with money and we need to we need to engage with these ideas. And actually, to the point, Kim, your question before, you know, profit then in that context is important because profit generated by one group of people from one group of people who are willing and engaged, you know, willing and able to make that to make that investment profit from those people might allow more people to engage elsewhere so profit is the thing which you know allows our work to thrive it allows us to thrive and you know it's it means that you know in many instances if your motivation is kind of purpose above all else you know profit is the thing which allows you to deliver on more of your purpose 
And I guess the the other sort of um, sort of sort of less important point or, or minor point I'd make is. Uh, just going back to the thing about, you know, money's not important to me, which is the thing that many people say. And I know I was talking to a company just uh, the other week, a company called Sound Dust, and um, it's run by one guy. He's been doing it for a long time. And he he was saying in the conversation, I you know, money's not important. I, I'm not so fussed about the money. And that is that's totally kind of valid and fair enough. And, but what we were saying is, OK, that that's kind of true. But equally, everybody kind of wants to feel like, they are kind of growing and they're evolving and our work is in improving and evolving. And actually, part of the reason I was kind of reminded of the book when you did that is in in the, the kind of Buddha's teachings on prosperity, where he was teaching lay people, not monks, obviously, around, you know, the role of money and work and prosperity. Everything that he spoke about in there was actually the importance of generating some profit and that each year or that your work is continually improving, it's continually evolving because it's not the profit in itself, which is the dirty thing, you know, to go back to the the, the, dirty, the dirty word point. The profit in itself isn't the dirty, it's what you do with it. What's your motivation? What's your intent? And the kind of feeling of growth, the feeling of evolution, the feeling that our businesses change and increase in impact is hugely important to all of our work. And profit is the thing which allows you to do more of that. Yeah, and it's it feels very much around um, well, there's that phrase of maximizing profit, which I think for a lot of people just doesn't feel right. Or uh, particular, well, maybe it's me, and this is part of it because I think when you were talking about um, the, the that example with Kim about being able to charge us enough for because of a certain amount because of the value it pr provides, but then also how do you deliver that value to other people who can't afford it? There's a story that you're trying to tell. A story about why you're charging the money that amount of money for this product, and then where you're going to essentially how you're going to use that profit, as I understand it, to then spread the uh, spread the love, spread the impact. If there's a, also a personal story about what that extra bit on top means to you, and that means like the more there is, the less comfortable you are, then that phrase you said money isn't important to me actually tells tells you that money is important to you but in a in a different way it's like mm -hmm. there's a story about more money on top of or the profit that more money means um that makes you feel uncomfortable which then again it's 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 less about just a simple tactic and strategy about how to charge than also our own personal ideas around making profit and i and i raise that point because and you're talking about before it's 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 about the value as perceived by the by the customer the person that you're talking to is like how much you charge on top of time and materials or whatever you want to you want to actually calculate your your costs based on is not shouldn't be about you <laughs> it's about the other person and how however much that is if they are comfortable to pay and they feel that's a good price to pay it shouldn't you shouldn't have be affecting that. Does that mm. make sense? Is that how 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 we want people to think about this in a way? Yeah, I think that, that is one of the most important points. You know, that you need to remember 
the judgments and the stories and the lenses that you are kind of providing on these things. And actually, that isn't the important thing. The important thing is the person on the other side of the table. One of the other things you're talking about, which is one of the questions I know, Carlos, we've we've spoken about, and people sort of respond to it in a kind of positive or negative way, which is is good, is you know asking the question, of people, what would more money buy you? Uh, and you know, you ask that question of people, and they go, I don't need more money, I'm fine, you know. But it's like, well, actually, no, because more money might buy you more time to do other things. More money might buy you the opportunity to do less work. More money might buy you a whole range of really positive, generative myriad benefits but actually we don't kind of engage it with it we don't oftentimes we don't engage with it in that sort of constructive way because the associations the stories we have around money may not be the most helpful but it's a really good question to ask you know what would more money buy you definitely um and and that's where it comes down to really it's it's like you're not making profit for profit's sake you're making profit in order to do something else um, and so I'll be, I'll be curious if you have any thoughts watching this. What what would more money buy you? Are you clear about that? Is there something that you'd love to be able to do with that extra money that, that you could make uh, through pricing more powerfully uh, and more consciously? Um, and I think this is a point as well to say if – you know, use the manifesto. Uh, hopefully we, you can download that and it will help you get some clarity. <clears throat> about how you can think about pricing what you do in a, in a way that's more beneficial to yourself and to your clients. Um, but if you want to take this work more deeply, uh, and I, I know this from my own personal experience, you know, I, we run a community, but I don't spend enough time really focusing on how to make that, to improve my community building skills and to learn more about community building and, and even just dancing around YouTube trying to learn things here and there. There's not enough intentionality for me to move forward and progress. And so if you want to do that with your pricing, if you want to be a bit more intentional about your pricing and be a bit more control of how that works, and you've had enough, spent enough time just bouncing around the interwebs trying to get information and going around in circles, then we would love to invite you to join us on this course that we're running at the end of the month. It starts on the 30th of November. It's going to be over five days. We're going to take a cohort of people together, uh, guided by Ben, following a very clear structure to get you to a place where you are much more confident and resilient, particularly in these times when it feels like charging any more money than you can at the moment seems uncomfortable because of the uncertainty out there. See if we can get you more in a place of more confidence around that so that you're not dragged to the bottom and you don't feel like you can't actually sell anything, um, then I think it would be valuable for everyone because we need to make sure that we're all in a better place given the, the challenges that we're going to be facing. So if that's of interest, there's a link here on the Crowdcast to pre-register to the Happy Pricing course. Uh, it's going to be um, – we're going to release uh, or open up for, uh, for purchase on Saturday. But if you – we have some uh, early bird tickets that we want to share with people who are really keen on getting on this as soon as possible, sign up to pre-register and we'll let you know when that's ready – when they're ready to, to, to be used, to be purchased. So just a little bit about that. Um, if you have any questions before we go, I'd love to hear them or any thoughts or reflections based on what you heard Ben say that would be great um any other thoughts ben that has popped up for you when you're 
while I was rambling on and trying to do the hard sell? <laughs> um, no, the, the only thing that's kind of, I guess, two two small things come up as you were talking. One, you know, particularly given these times, these times of pandemic, I think what's kind of important is it is about protecting you know, as much as increasing what you earn. And I think a lot of this is about protecting and increasing what you earn. And the other thing is that, you know, people may feel that they have issues with pricing. I think many people do. But I think certainly the thing I found from my own experience is actually engaging with these things are a really kind of powerful way of engaging with your market generally. And you may feel like your pricing is fine, but you want to improve your clients. For example, you want different clients. And actually, these things are all really, really linked. And the stories behind them are linked. The how you approach it is really, really linked. So I'd say, you know, if if you are kind of feeling like you wanted to sort of upscale the business at all, as much as protecting and increasing what you earn, really getting into and understanding around price and what's happening there uh, would be a really useful way of doing that. So that'd be the only other thing to add. Cool. Um, and I think, yeah, you, there's a good point there around it isn't just about growing it's also about protecting and, and keeping ourselves stable in these, these times um so yeah I, I would encourage you to to think about it in, from that frame of reference or thinking about from through that lens uh tomorrow we're going to be back again uh, and we're going to be tackling the next two points uh, or two principles on the manifesto um the idea of pricing slowly 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 uh, and expensive is cheap in the long run. Uh, and we're hoping that's going to help you, again, build this confidence about how you talk to your clients and how you can uh, price in a way that's going to give you sustainability, freedom, or whatever else you need in terms of um, what more money means to you. So um, on that note, uh, I don't think we have any more questions. I hope you got something out from this this. Uh, short webinar um, and it's uh, it's of use and that's really ultimately that's what our intention is with this is to sort of spread more of this message about what you can do around pricing so um, have a great lunch if you are in the UK and you're watching it at the same time as us have uh, enjoyed the rest of the day um, and yeah talk to you tomorrow Ben uh, when we talk about the next two principles on the manifesto look forward to it catch Thanks you all later well. And if you want to watch the recordings of any of the videos that we're posting, you can uh, follow this link here that I've put into the chat and we'll be just sharing the recordings there as well. Great. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you very much, Cheers. everyone. Thank you, everyone. See you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our Waking Up To Money podcast. I hope you found this episode informative, uh, useful, and now you can go forth and price more powerfully and confidently. If you want to learn more about how to price in a way that's going to give you more time, more space, uh, give yourself less fear and anxiety when you're talking to your clients and make it easier to find the value that they're looking for, the price that you're looking, you're both looking for, and then to share in the the value equally in a, in a way that everyone wins. If you want to learn more about that, then go to happypricing.co. You can download the manifesto. We also have a happy pricing canvas and we also have the happy pricing course, which is starting in uh, on the 26th of March. 
Um, if you're interested, please pre-register for the course and we will get in touch when we start opening for enrollment. Um, until then, uh, see you at the next episode. Thank you.